What's up? It is your excellent friend, The Brand, here. It is Pro Wrestling Planet. And here we go with podcast episode dose. Um, just a little bit of a backstory, you know, not to get too far into it here. This is just a little special nugget for the listeners, you know, whoever goes back this far. Uh, of course, this idea began as a YouTube channel. And now it has morphed into a podcast. And, you know, of course, the brand has had experiences with podcasts and radio shows and stuff before. The brand has been doing this, folks, since about 2008. So you look at it there, you know, off and on for uh, 14 years now. Uh, the original show that I uh, helped captain back in those days with my friend Chris Thomas. It's called Wrestle Radio Rock. It was me and him and, uh, you know, a few friends along the way. You know, my friend Jack uh, really helped out there for a while. My brother was involved. Uh, some of my first interviews there and so on and so forth. And, you know, have experimented with different projects uh, throughout the years, of course, I definitely very much regret um, not keeping that venture through the years. You know, that original show ran from about 2008 and, you know, through 2008, basically. And at that time, when I think back to that time, my goodness, there was like nobody on. I mean, there were people. But the podcasting as an art form and as it was just, it was such a new thing. And there was a lot of stuff out there, but it was not very popular. And I, I, I don't know, I think back to those days and I think, man, uh, if only I would have kept the show rolling through the years, who knows where that show would be now. But hey, that's life. And we're going to try to make up for it here uh, this is it for me as far as wrestling shows go. This is my uh, this is my final baby, my final child uh, in that platform. I don't ever want to go into anything else. We're going to be building this brand. Ironically enough, the brand is going to be building this brand uh, from the ground up. So, in episode one. Kind of impromptu that I released it as episode one. If if you go back and listen to that, that was our uh, Forbidden Door episode. I was joined by my friend Vito, and we did a bunch of a fantasy booking uh, with matches that we wanted to see uh, with NJPW and AEW. Now, the plan was, I you know, that really was not planned to be the first uh, podcast in this whole thing, I really, I got together with Vito. We recorded that thing. The, the original idea was basically for a YouTube video 
and the piece was supposed to be kind of a short piece and I was going to implant it into what would be the first Pro Wrestling Planet podcast episode. And anyway, I ended up liking it so much that I just released it as its own deal. So that episode is available if you want to go back and check that out. We spend about an hour uh, throwing together the cards that we made uh, for the Forbidden Door pay-per-view that's coming up, which we're real excited about. But enough of me rambling, you know, I'm going to go ahead and launch into this here episode two of the Pro Wrestling Planet podcast. Uh, Once again, my name is The Brand. I'm going to be joined by a lot of different guests uh, throughout the weeks. You know, we're going to do a few different sorts of things here. So on this episode today, I will be joined by my buddy, Wayne. Wayne and uh, he is actually going to run down last week's raw with me and then after that I'm going to have a little quick recap of last week's dynamite episode and we're talking for TV uh, for the week uh, the last week of April here as we're releasing this podcast here on May 2nd 2022 anyway that's enough rambling from me let's go ahead and get into the episode we're going to kick it off here with wayne and i's raw review so here we go all right so cool man here we are we're going to talk about some raw it is uh the april 25th raw is war on the usa network wayne and i are going to talk about it what's up wayne Hey, what's up, bud? It's uh, Randy Orton Appreciation Night. Randy Orton Appreciation Night, dude. 20, 20... Years of, the, of the Viper. Can you believe it, man? Did you think, do you remember him debuting? I don't remember him debuting, but I certainly remember the Legend Killer run. Right. So I thought it's so cool to see someone from basically start to finish, because when we started watching wrestling, a lot of the guys were long going yeah you know to see their journey like almost like john cena to see his whole journey and randy orton and edge the guys are getting older you know, yeah they're, they're getting up there man but on some of these guys so yeah orton's uh you know orton's a whole nother thing you know kind of a whole different monster and we can dive into that a little bit but yeah you know uh show opens with the randy orton uh, video package, very, very nice video package. Uh, kudos to uh, to the production team there. Probably the highlight of the show. Kudos to Orton, actually, though, too, because, you know, he's come a long way since shitting in bags. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. And, uh, you know, I hated Randy for the longest time. Oh, man. And it was mostly to do with the way he left the military. And I don't want to get into much of that, but mm-hmm. people make mistakes. We we do things when we're young, and I've I've moved on from that. Now I've grown to appreciate what his body of work professionally, and he's one of the best to ever do it. Best there. Uh, they bring out Cody. Legacy. Yeah, there you go. Legacy, baby. They're finally, you know, I was waiting for Ted DiBiase Jr. to show up. I was just going to say that. <laughs> my ears started churning. I go, Ted DiBiase coming out next? But no, no, I wrote this down. The Grinch himself comes out. Oh my gosh, yeah. 
very Grinchy Seth, Seth Rollins in the green. Yeah, I, I wrote down that he looked like the Riddler. You know, same difference. Yeah, <laughs> he's Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's uh, Riddler character. Yeah, Batman Forever Riddler. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not a respectable version of the Riddler, if yeah. that. But uh, so yeah, you know, uh, Seth cuts a promo on Cody and Randy, your usual Seth stuff. And uh, then we get Ezekiel, man. What do yeah, you think Elias, is this Ezekiel deal? Elias's brother, man. He's yoked. He's <laughs> right. back. He probably used to put Elias in headlocks growing up because he's so <laughs> big. So much bigger than Elias. You know, the, yeah, he is huge. He needs to get some new tights, though. I don't know what, I don't know who designed the, you know, he looks like, uh, it was like something the Ultimate Warrior would never wear. I don't know. You look kind of like Z-Man. You remember Z-Man? Dude, you got to love the Z-Man. Yeah. Tom Zink. Had the, had the, yeah, exactly. He had the Z-Man look. We get a random Kane appearance, even though we don't... We see him talking to Bianca before they go to the break, and but you can't hear what they're saying, you know, because Kane's the mayor or whatever the heck. Mayor of Knox County, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway... But then they, but then they don't do anything else with him. So I was wondering, like, I'll be interested to read the report to see if he came out and did something with the live crowd during the commercial, okay. and then left. Um, Sometimes Twitter has some stuff I haven't come across. It was weird in the in the feed. But we get Sonya and Bianca. I was actually pretty entertained uh, by what they did here, even though it was yeah. kind of gimmicky. Yeah, I um, a little bit. Yeah, it reminded me of uh, of the old over the over the edge match from back in the Attitude Era, where uh, they kept changing the the rules. Moving the goalposts. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, I knew it reminded me of something. I knew I'd seen it before. Either regardless, it was different, but it was it was similar. Too. Yeah, at first I thought, wait. Are they just going to squash Sonya Deville with a count out? Right. I'm like, what the hell is this? Because the build wasn't too bad. It wasn't awful. You know, there's certainly the right. worst builds out there. And then it kind of kept going. I and it, it it wasn't bad. I didn't hate it. No, it it was a, it it was what it was. You know, Sonya gets counted out. She restarts the match. She gets DQ'd. Restarts the match. Yeah. Calls it a no DQ match. So she brings yeah. down Carmella and Zelina. And uh, even with all this, right, it's three on one. There's no DQ and all this. Sonya still, like, can't win the match. So, like, she's like she's like Jimmy Hart at this point. You know what I mean? Or, like, somebody like that. Like, she will never be, like, looked at as, like, a credible competitor ever, obviously. That's basically what ended up happening with the Sonya deal. This is probably going to lead to Sonya getting fired, I'm sure, is obviously probably. where it's leaning. Uh, then we get the Edge promo. What do you think of this new Edge gimmick? I wrote Edge made me laugh. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, put, he put down Kane as the mayor, and he put down the fans. And But in terms of it being sort of sinister and believable, I guess a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not totally sold on it. I was so disappointed in the match at WrestleMania. Um, but as a top heel, sinister kind of 
cult leader type? I don't know. I don't know. Well, after watching this promo and this and the match later on, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, is this why uh, Alistair Black, Malachi Black, is this why they, like, moved him out the door because Edge needed this gimmick? You know what I mean? Clearly, like, hey, in a year, I'm going to be Alistair Black. So It seems like a waste of Edge a little bit, but... He's having fun, I guess, you know. Can't they just do the rated R superstar again? I thought right. when he was going heel, I'm like, ah, oh, my favorite edge incarnation, the rated R superstar. Can't they bring that back? But maybe they can't. That's know. gotta be that's gotta happen before the end. Edge can't be completely serious. He's gotta be a little funny too. Right. And a little evil, you know? He can't just be this serious kind of um antagonist you know? well you think you know him is the thing you think you do but on this day he sees clearly so yeah uh, <laughs> um so yeah they're called judgment day now apparently oh i did not catch that yeah, okay because yeah, uh, when damian priest came out they um introduced him as representing judgment day so. huh yeah. i like it it's fine yeah, yeah. that's a name it's fine. It's uh, you know, it was a cool pay per view back in the in the Attitude Era. So why not yeah. why not recycle yeah. it? They probably already own the copyright. Yeah. Just so. Wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Okay. So hats off to bringing back the Jobbers. I haven't seen <laughs> yes. this yes. Braun Strowman's run, <laughs> yeah. and where we got to meet the um, adorable James Ellsworth. Yep. Yeah, and so we got to meet uh, Dan Smothers, Knoxville's own. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if he's Tracy Smothers' uh, kin. I thought or something. Tracy Smothers. I don't know. <laughs> Tracy Smothers was six foot six, three hundred pounds. This guy looked about five two. So I don't know. <laughs> right. he is. He takes after his mom. <laughs> right. Someone said he's. Uh, he looked like a poor man's Michael Elgin. Former Ring of Honor World Champion. Oh, dude, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Right, yeah. He got, like, canceled or whatever, right? So no one's booking him anymore? Yeah, something. Because he, like, like he tried to diddle someone or... Yeah, there was I don't some, know. some sexual stuff going on. I don't want to quote it exactly. I mean, I could yeah. pull it up. Probably yeah. find the story. Yeah, he, he was Ring of Honor for a while. And I think he was great. He was great. Movie. I was sad he got canceled i was hoping it wasn't true but i guess yeah. it is because he hasn't been around yeah yeah I think yeah people are really distancing so him, themselves from him so makes sense eh, justifiably so what do you do so. yeah well so yeah veer mahan he just kills this guy yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> what do you think of him which is always uh, fun he's, he's dude have crazy. you seen that movie have you seen the movie based off of him million dollar no. arm no dude i watched that movie with the family like three months ago okay and you know the kids dug it you know especially my son because he's all in sports and all that you know and it was a cute little movie or whatever and it was about him like you know them bringing him over here as like a pitching prospect because he played like uh whatever some kind of weird like cricket or some you know some kind of weird like high ally or whatever they do some kind of weird sport over in india so he had oh, to throw yeah, yeah. yeah i know what you're talking about he had to throw like 
differently than everybody else. But then they brought him to America and he threw really fast. So like they tried to like train him into like a pitcher and he, he, he got pretty damn good. And he got like a, um, he got a contract with the pirates and he played a couple years, but wasn't, you know, great and ended up, you know, going away from baseball. But yeah, there's a whole movie about it. Okay. So how is he, how's Veer Mahan based on that? Well, that's the guy. Oh, that's him. That is him. Yeah. It's, it's based on that movie is based off of his story. That is his story. He's the baseball player and now he's a wrestler. So now he's into pro wrestling. Yeah. So he's got some, a bit of fame. Yeah, right. yeah, you've got that Disney. I believe it's on Disney Plus. You look it up. Okay. Uh, you can you can watch it. Yeah, that's the Veer Mahan story right there. It's crazy. Oh, okay. So they got a guy that already has his own autobiography. <laughs> you know, it's like so the dude's money right there. He's already got a movie. Right. Yeah, he comes in, he passes <laughs> and seats right away. Right. Yeah. We went into Omus and Lashley. And the arm wrestling challenge, brother. Who do you think would win in a for real arm wrestling match? I'm, I'm going with Omas. Really? I think his just hands are too big and he's got that country strong, you know? Right, yeah. There's a difference between the country strong and the... And then you got a big hand. You got that leverage of really going over the top, you know? St- Sylvester Stallone style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, over the top, he... I think they he'd take him. I wish they would have just let him go at it, you know, for real. Yeah, a shoot arm wrestling match. Like just say shoot arm wrestling okay. match and then have it end with it. the same way it ended on Raw. Right. You just ha- have it be for real and it'd be believable, you know. So that's, that's well, you see this coming from a mile away. You know, oh. Lashley wins and Omus kicks his ass. I was waiting for some kind of save, but there was none. Uh so yeah, then we go. They flash back to the weddings uh, from last week. Uh, this leads to a mixed tag match with our truth as the ref, which breaks out into the twenty four seven gimmickry. And like you mentioned earlier, they tease the they tease the kiss with Tamina and Dana Brooke once again. Yep. And was it just me, or did like nobody care? I don't think anybody really cared or popped. People were going to the bathroom. Right? It was weird. I didn't care. Yeah. Well, it's a long show. It's a long night. I think I think it was just because, like, you know, I don't know. And it seemed that way last week in the, in the wedding, too. Yeah. That, uh, you know, when they teased that, you know, I don't know. Ten years earlier, it might have gotten a way bigger pop. Or maybe they just don't care about the characters. I don't know. You know, without getting, for sure, there's that. They don't really care about the wrestlers. They're like, yeah, you know, right. some are really over. Um, but without getting too political, I don't think pro wrestling fans really care whether or not there's representation in wrestling or not. Right. Maybe they just don't care. I don't want to speak for everybody, but. And that just could be it. They're like, we don't care about that. <laughs> well, it's just, it's not even, you know, it's not even about rep- representation. I mean, we did this years ago with Chuck Billy and Billy. Chuck. Yeah. yeah. That's right. But people, they were over. Right. People, people dug it. 
they recap Cody Seth. Then we get uh, Becky. Get the huge return of Becky. This was all awesome right here. Uh, Does the short hair make her, you know, the bathroom haircut make her just look more sinister? Oh, definitely. I thought that at Mania because she got her haircut right before Mania and then came out to Mania, had it turned on, had her game right. face on right away. And like, wow, she looks like she's going to stomp some ass tonight. Yeah. She just looks like a a bad bitch looking to kick some kick some ass, you know? I think it helps you visualize the change, too, because sure. you get that visual change that helps you connect with the heel personality instead of the Becky that, you know, you loved, you know, in the back of your mind. Yeah. So there's that whole thing. So, yes, I definitely felt that. So did the 80s, uh, what the heck was she wearing? Is that, is that 80s? The glasses and stuff? Yeah, the dress and everything. You know, it's, it it's, looks like an 80s supervillain. Well, it's very fifth element is what I oh, always yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah, with the orange hair and stuff too. Yeah. Right, right, right. I get that. Yeah. Futuristic a bit. Yes. Yeah. So maybe eventually her and Seth are going to be like the couple from space or something. Maybe that's yeah. where this is headed. Well, they're, they're both like playing crazy people and their gimmicks a little bit. Right. So, yeah. I thought about that as well, that she was yeah. cutting the promo. I'm like... Do they just like come up with these ideas together? Or just like you use that, and I'm sure they do. I'll she do this. The, she called the belt her precious. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, um, great stuff. Uh, you know, Becky, of course, first time back. She's super distraught. Uh, she said it's been three years since she hadn't had the title on Raw, while the graphic said two years. So it's one of those weird things that, you know, you'll probably see that on Botchamania. Um, I'm confused by that. Yeah. Meaning she had been champion for years and then was on SmackDown. That's possible, too. Maybe she had it right and they had it wrong. And something like that. It seems like, you know, she would have it solidified before going out there, but. Um, it had been a while. I think it was super cool how she did, like, the. She just is completely breaking down, and then all of a sudden she realizes that it's all okay, that she's going to work her way back up, and everything's going to be just fine. And as she's realizing this, Asuka's music hits. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Love to see Asuka back. Uh, super excited. She gets a huge pop. We get a nice Asuka chant, and uh, this pisses Becky off. Uh, Asuka says she'll stop her because no one's ready for Asuka. And uh, Becky flees after they kind of tease, you know, some contact. So Have they worked a program in the past? I believe so. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. You know, I, I think they have worked together, but it's, it was solid. It's going to be good. Uh, I think that was probably one of the big... Um, you know, set up matches for Becky, you know, leading into one of those WrestleManias back whenever, which whenever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get Street Profits backstage. They say they're next. Whoever wins between the RK Bro and the Usos. Uh, then we get Balor and Priest. And uh, Edge and Priest get the treadmill 
on their entrance, which I thought was uh, a nice touch. And uh, like priests, uh, when they put his name up, the Damien part was all devilly, and the priest was all angelly. Did you catch that? I did not catch that. That's Rather, a nice little. It was a nice little touch. I saw that. I thought that was cool. You know the production of these. You know what I mean. All the fancy stuff. I mean, you kind of take it for granted. Yeah. But uh, it is it is kind of neat, and some of it's a little over the top or whatever, but it's like, you yeah. know. Some of it hits, some of it doesn't. You know. And sometimes it's jumbled when they decide, like, uh, you know, without jumping too forward, right before the main event, Cody walks out, and then they they replay the almost and Lashley arm wrestling, and they go to almost interview, and then they go back to Cody in the ring. It's like, what? It seemed... You know, there was a lot of weird time filling weird sort in of this time filling, weird sort of production, you know, order of things. It's it's like, oh, well, well, good thing I was doing something else while I was watching, too. That's what you want to do. Well, and that's kind of what they do with this, you know, with the live crowd and everything, too, is because they're either setting up something or doing that. And then they have them sit during the break. And it's like, um. Yeah, no, and it, like, and a lot of the times they don't have you sit during the break. Like they, they'll just have weird stuff, you know. Like a, uh, the last one of the last Raws I went to, Road Dog came out and did some like completely random shit. Apparently, it was during a commercial. He wasn't even on the show. <laughs> and I remember like yeah. watching the Raw when I got home, being like, "What happened to the Road Dog part?" No, that yeah. was just for you guys during the commercial. I'm like, what? Like it's so yeah. weird. Couldn't they just? They they both are two hella workers. Couldn't they have just let him come out and put on a fifteen minute match? Put on a little bit of a show, make them both look strong. Maybe Edge puts, you know, comes in and uh, causes Balor to lose. Everyone comes away looking strong, but then they put on a good match. Couldn't they just do that? Whatever they did was just garbage, and it, d it didn't accomplish anything. And then of course, yeah. It feels like Finn's on the way out. I don't know. That's how it feels. I don't know. It kind of feels like that, yeah. That, I mean, they, they've they done, you know, he came out, guns blazing, went, had his universal run, hurt his shoulder, came back, was around for a while, went back to NXT. Now he finds himself back on the main roster. And then now what are they doing with him, you know? And, it yeah, it just feels like, People were freaking out last week because of him losing the title, the theory and whatever. And yep. it was he like, was, he was Austin theory then. Yeah. He wasn't theory yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Gotta get it straight. Gotta get it straight. He was Austin theory last week, but they still haven't taken the a out of his graphic. If I you notice, that, too. Yeah, that was weird. Probably working on it. <laughs> right. Probably a gorilla decision by Vince. Cause did you hear? He said, theory said, Oh, it's uh i'm told it's theory vince is adamant about it. <laughs> right it's yeah theory so it's almost like they took a little jab at that it's kind of funny it's weird how they've worked those those things into the into the dialogue in, in recent weeks yeah. starting with the cody thing a few weeks ago and yeah. and now this uh yeah so yeah this goes into the miz thing of course we get miz uh tv the miz the with uh, theory there, uh, they have a little love fest kind of themselves, 
there was some really weak what chance during this. I mean, I think the crowd was like just exhausted by this point. Right. Even they were probably really tired. Um, but then we get Mustafa Ali, or excuse yeah. me. Uh, Mustafa, or right. Uh, wait a minute. I, I wrote it down here. The way that they were pronouncing it was getting. They pronounced it differently. It wasn't Mustafa. Mustifa. Mustifa. It's Mustifa now. Okay. You can't say Mustafa, apparently. They said Mustifa yeah. like 30 times during this right. match. Right. I swear to God. It is he Mustifa or is he Mustifa Ali? You know, in a couple weeks, it'll probably be just Mustifa. Right, right, yeah. Because they can't just use Ali. But I think there would be some... If you're just uh, some trademark, unless you're, unless you're Seth freaking Rollins, you can only have a first name apparently. But Ollie comes out. Uh, this, I don't know. Ollie can go, man. So can Austin. Again, I, nothing against the guy, him? but it was super. It was like, couldn't they just let him go to work for 15 minutes? Anything with Miz is gonna just be kind of like lukewarm milk, you know. Right. Unless, he's, unless he's talking but he's in the ring it's going to be it's not going to be ice cold and it's not going to be fire it's just going to be there it's there and do, so and we, do and what happened here at okay so they do the match you know it's it's your standard match you know Miz gets a bunch of heat and then Ali gets a surprise upset pin at the end right gets the win and then he gets blindsided by Champa. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and they show it for like two seconds, and then they go to Rhea backstage, and then they go to commercial, like, and there's no mention of it ever again. And it was almost like they were rushed for time. Yeah. But like, like just mentioned, with the way that the main event played out, it's not like, not like they were behind or rushed on time or anything so just really really weird so yeah we get the Rhea promo uh she's tired of being dragged down by her partner she gets attacked by Liv they're they're backstage with Owens and Rollins they leave Alpha Academy does uh Usos come in say they need to get the win or Roman's gonna be mad the chief is gonna be mad Yep, Tribal Chief is going to be upset. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, uh, we go to the main event. Uh, you know, we've kind of mentioned it a little bit. It went long with the entrances, of course. Um, but, you know, it was your standard four-on-four uh, WWE main event style match. Uh, they, yeah. they did good to uh, keep Orton... Uh, out of it and have him be the big, you know, conclusion at the end. Uh, RKO yeah. the house, pretty much. Yeah, the huge RKO from the from the top rope, uh, or you know, the Uso did the splash off the top rope and you know landed into the RKO. Did that? Did you see spot when Cody, again when Cody came off the ropes and need Rollins into the RKO? Did you see that spot? I did not. So, there, yeah, there was a spot where evidently they used to do it in Legacy. Oh, okay. Cody bounces, comes off the ropes, lands the knee into the RKO on Rollins, and they hit that spot. It was cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was neat. But then, yeah, of course, the big one in the finish. and 
So yeah, him and him and Riddle are just having the time of their lives, you know, just blazing yep. up and being a tag team. Yep. So that's what it's all about. Well, Raw, so what do you rate Raw? What do you grade it? Should we grade it? You know. Or should we just let, leave the stone unturned? I don't know if there's a... I wasn't really thinking about a rating system, but I mean, if I was going to give it like a, if we're going on like a five star uh, Dave Meltzer system, yeah, it's it's got to fall just right in the middle. It was a show, you know, two and a half, probably right in the middle. You know, nothing special, nothing bad. Yeah, it was a show. About right. Yeah, sounds about right. I guess you can't when you got so much product, you can't go crazy all the time. Well, hey, brother. Thank fun. you very much for doing this with me. I love we're, talking wrestling. Dude, me too. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. Just two dudes sitting around talking about wrestling. And that's what we do do right here on Pro Wrestling Planet. Check us out. However you're listening to us, whether it's on the um, many podcasting outlets that are out there, uh, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it at, or whether you're seeing the video on YouTube. We appreciate you being here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. That's at PW Planet. And Wayne is available at Zarzar Supreme. X-A-R. X-A-R Supreme. That's it. You got it. I was going to say, they might not know how to do, they might do T-S-A-R like the last czar or something. Right. But yeah. No, yeah. yeah. I'm on there. Check me out. Check him out. Check us out. And we'll be back at some other point. What is up, wrestling fans? This is The Brand. And I wanted to take a quick second here to tell you a little bit about where you can find official Pro Wrestling Planet merchandise. There is only one place to find it, and that is at our Bonfire store. So if you type into the URL, bonfire.com slash store slash pro dash wrestling dash planet, I know it sounds like a lot. But you can probably search Pro Wrestling Planet also on the Bonfire website as well. We just launched our exclusive first edition Pro Wrestling Planet t-shirts on there. So make sure you get on there and scoop one up before they sell out, before they become unavailable anymore. Once again, official Pro Wrestling Planet merch at bonfire.com slash store slash Pro Wrestling Planet. What's up? This is The Brand, and this is your weekly wrestling update for the week of May 2nd, 2022. This last week, WWE celebrated 20 years of Randy Orton being in the WWE, which is hugely impressive. 20 years, not a gym bag left unfeceded. Significant portions of AEW Dynamite and Rampage had to be rewritten last week after it was announced that Hangman Adam Page was dealing with COVID-19. It is believed that Hangman had forgotten to bring with him his N95 do-rag, and so there you go. There's been a lot of rumors recently about Bret Hart possibly going to AEW to manage FTR. Those rumors were put on hold as it was reported that Bret Hart had signed a new multi-year, very lucrative agreement with the WWE. However, this was taken back just a few days later and said that it is now believed that the agreement that Bret agreed to with WWE 
just had to do with merchandising. It has nothing to do with actually appearing or anything like that. When reached for comment about the matter, Bret Hart was quoted as saying, Seth Rollins is reckless. Huge scare at a WWE live event this past week as the top rope literally broke off and Bobby Lashley fell out of the ring onto the apron, onto his head. Bobby Lashley is said to be in all right condition as he was prepared for the fall as he has fallen down the card the last few months. Ratings were down for both Raw and AEW Dynamite this week. Cancel all my plans. The business is dying. Tony Khan was spotted at the NFL Draft on Thursday night in Las Vegas, which just so happened to coincide with National Take Your Son to Work Day. The scary stalker case with Sonya Deville was officially closed this last week. Barry Windham could not be reached for comment. A shoot interview surfaced last week where Ember Moon discussed her many grievances with the WWE, which apparently included, but wasn't limited to, a meeting that took place last fall with the NXT women where they were all told that they needed to be more sexy. Nigel Tufnell was reached for comment and he asked quite simply, what's wrong with being sexy? Alexa Bliss was caught outside an airport and was forced to do a quick interview with this guy. She noted to him that she was basically just waiting on the call to come back to WWE. She doesn't realize, though, that she's been replaced by Liv Morgan. It was announced this week that Mick Foley will be managing FTR in a special indie match. Foley says he thinks he should take natural to the gig as he's managed pairs of cheeseburgers for years. WWE came to the release of several NXT talents, including Dakota Kai and Dexter Loomis. In completely unrelated news, Tony Khan has changed his phone number and all of his email contact information. And yet another NXT name change, manager Robert Stone, the manager of Von Wagner. His name has now been changed to just Mr. Stone. When reached for comment, Stone said that he wasn't going to take this name change for granted. My name is The Brand, this is Pro Wrestling Planet, and that was the news as I see it. Hey, what's up? This is The Brand here, just to let you know that there is much more content to be had with the Pro Wrestling Planet YouTube channel. That's right. Go ahead and head on over to YouTube. You put Pro Wrestling Planet in there, and wah. On the YouTube channel, you will find exclusive content specific to YouTube, including, but not limited to, unboxing videos, editorial videos, etc., etc. So please make sure you go ahead and check that out when you get a chance and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at PW Planet. That's at PW Planet on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and let's get back into the show. What is up, dudes? It is your excellent friend, The Brand, here from Pro Wrestling Planet with this week's AEW Dynamite review for April 27th, 2022. Let's do it. Overall, the show was pretty solid, but there was some weird stuff, which we'll get to here later on. Starts out with CM Punk coming out. He gets a great pop, and then the crowd gets disappointed as he sits down at the commentary table. But then we start off the show with Dax Harwood versus Cash Wheeler. 
FTR against each other in an Owen Hart qualifier match. They worked this match as about you'd expect for a babyface versus babyface type match. They did tease a little bit of heel stuff there. Dax poked Cash in the eye at one point. It was a nice match, but when you have a match with the psychology like this and it's babyface versus babyface and neither guy ends up turning, it just kind of makes for a weird match with the crowd. But the crowd was into it and was supporting them pretty well. But it was just missing something because it was a babyface versus babyface match. The match finishes up when Dax is attempting to go for a sharpshooter. But he ends up hesitating. And Cash then wheels him into like a small package thing. Which Dax ends up reversing and he ends up getting the win. So Dax Harwood is going into your Owen Hart tournament. Then they make an announcement to the live crowd that it is official that we are going to get Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk at the upcoming Double or Nothing pay-per-view. This prompts Punk to leave the commentary table and then go cut a promo in the ring. Pretty good promo. I thought it was interesting how he didn't promise that he was going to win the title. He just promised that it was going to be a hell of a fight. Then we had the Blackpool Combat Club against a few jobbers. I don't even remember what their names were, unfortunately. The big hairy guy with the hair seemed kind of interesting at one point. But other than that, this is pretty much a squash deal for the Blackpool Combat Club. Wheeler Huda came out to a huge ovation. Suppose they were in Philadelphia and that was his hometown. Went ahead and made the connection with that there. The biggest gripe that I have with the Blackpool Combat Club is the fact that they insist on introducing them all separately. So we each time now we have to sit through Daniel Bryan's entrance, Wheeler's entrance, and then Moxley coming in at the end. If they're a group, why can't they come out together? I get it that they're trying to be like a little different or whatever, but come on, dude. Like, I don't want to sit through all three of their entrances each week. I'm sorry. Personal highlight of the night here for me is I spotted a, a sign in the crowd that said, bring back Hey Dude. So that, that made me pop for sure. Then they do this backstage promo with Jurassic Express and Christian. And basically, this seems like they're teasing a, a Christian split. You know, Jungle Boy was all upset because he lost the match against Bobby Fish last week and Christian called him a loser but then said he wasn't a loser and said you know the way to get this back on track is to go ahead and throw a challenge out there to to any team that's willing to to step to you guys and at that point we get Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs coming in and basically laying their claim for a challenge to the tag team titles, so I guess we're going to see that match at some point. Then we get Wardlow versus Lance Archer. This is a continuation of the feud that MJF has been having with Wardlow. This week, he comes out uh, in the handcuffs, surrounded by security guards once again and all that, but this time they cut his music. Ooh. MJF is up in the crowd with Sean Spears drinking champagne and eating popcorn. 
And of course, they think it, this is going to go great for them, but obviously it doesn't. Wardlow and Archer end up having a pretty, pretty badass big man match. Uh, I must say, I was pretty entertained by a lot of the stuff they did. You know, Archer did this real crazy uh, Undertaker walk the ropes thing, but he like turned it into like a, a moonsault type deal. I had never seen him do that before. Anyway, the match is pretty good. During the course of this match, my seven-year-old son told me that his first favorite wrestler is Darby Allen, and number two is Wardlow. So there you go. And Wardlow goes over here, of course, much to the chagrin of MJF. You know, AEW, they hit a lot of really good home runs. They hit a lot of nice, like, doubles and triples. But every now and then they strike out. And this next segment, to me, was a huge strikeout. And this was the Jericho Appreciation Society uh, against Kingston and Santina and or Santino and Ortiz. Santana and Ortiz, whatever. Anyway, this has a really weird setup where Jericho Society comes out and they're on one side of a table and they get on the mic and say that, you know, they're inviting these guys out here and because of Tony Khan and blah, 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 these, you know, uh, they can't uh, lay or, you know, whatever they said, they wouldn't be able to lay their hands on uh, Jericho Appreciation Society or they'd get fined or like in some kind of trouble or, or something like that. Didn't quite catch that part. It looked like it was going to be a contract signing, but literally Kingston and Santana and Ortiz come out and they just like talk trash to each other across this table. Uh, eventually Kingston and everybody ends up throwing the table out and the segment ends with just like Jericho sitting down in this chair and Kingston is like in his face, like yelling, saying, you know, when you say you're going to, when you say you're going to do something where I'm from, you know, that means that we get it done or, you know, whatever the heck. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish here. It was just a very, very weird setup. This wouldn't be the last that we saw of this angle for the night. And judging by what they ended up doing later, it really makes me wonder why this was even on the show in the first place. Then we got Serena Deeb versus Hikiro Shida. This was probably the highlight of the night uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this was like a, a no disqualification type, you know, street fight match. So they were allowed to use weapons and do some crazy stuff like that. And it just kind of gave it a little bit something extra. Um, of course, these two, I, I believe, have been feuding on Rampage, which I don't really catch often. And then they moved it to Dynamite here to go ahead and pay off this feud. Uh, this was actually my favorite match of the night. And Serena Deeb goes over. And then after the match, we get Thunder Rosa in the back looking at it, you know, basically saying nice job or what have you. So it looks like we're setting up for Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, which should be pretty solid as well. Then we go backstage and MJF is making a phone call. He makes the most, you know, when you do a fake phone call, folks, there's a certain art to it. There's a certain like time and cadence you have to wait for like other people to talk. 
And uh, MJF, this was not a, a million dollar uh, mind phone call, buddy. I'm, I'm very sorry uh, about that. You need to work on your fake telephone call skills because the, conversa the conversation went way too quickly. Uh, he gets on the phone. He tells a guy, uh, hey, you know, how would you like uh, to make six figures for your next match? Okay, good. Hangs up the hangs up the phone and uh, says, you know, I got someone coming in next week for Wardlow, who's way bigger than Wardlow, and you can't teach that. So we're going to get Big Cass in AEW or whatever, you know, under whatever moniker he goes under. Uh, currently, Colin Cassidy, uh, whatever you want to call him, how the AEW crowd responds to a guy like Cass. Uh, will they drag Enzo in with him as like a mouthpiece? I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of excited to see. We then get a quick piece of business with the House of Black. And basically, this leads to the return of Pac and Ray Phoenix, and the Death Triangle is together once again. So now they can start doing some six-man uh, or trios matches, if you will, uh, with the House of Black. So I imagine that will be coming down the pipeline in the next few weeks as well. Then we get the 10-man tag match with the Undisputed Elite against a handful of young dudes, the Varsity Blondes, Dante Martin, Lee Johnson, and the fifth guy in the blue tights didn't catch his name. He was only tagged in during the uh, cutaway in the match anyway, so dude, dude totally got screwed. Uh, I'm sorry, blue tights guy. They gave the kids a bunch of stuff early, which was some nice, fun, flashy stuff. And then they went to the break, which they really slowed it down, didn't do much, of course, during the break. And then when they came back, the Bucks and everybody got all their stuff in. They did a, a four-way V-trigger uh, and all that, or BTE trigger, whichever trigger it is. And, of course, the Undisputed Elite end up going over uh, when this was all said and done. And when the match was over... Adam Cole passed the Undisputed Elite t-shirts over to the Young Bucks. And they kind of oddly, hesitantly put them on. And then all five guys posed together. And Adam Cole had a look on his face of just such overjoyment that all of his friends were finally getting along with each other. And that possibly, somehow... This version, this Undisputed Elite version, uh, is finally now all on the same page. So when this wraps up, they cut, as this is wrapping up, they rapidly cut backstage. And we see that Santana and Ortiz are laid out in the parking lot. There's Jericho Appreciation Society along there. And of course, they have them laid out. And then they've got Kingston. And a couple of the guys have got Kingston, you know, tied up by the arms. And then Jericho throws a fireball in his face. The fireball looked really, really great. It wasn't one of those, like, cheesy deals or whatever. Uh, Kingston, you know, sold it okay. Uh, but one of the biggest problems that I had with this is that this happened. And then they just cut right back to the announcers 
And Jim Ross is just like, oh, well, we don't need that kind of thing around here. And that was it. <laughs> that was the that was the whole thing. So it's literally like it's one of those deals where you could have taken the time out of what that stupid angle that they had done earlier in the night. And you could have just done the fireball angle and actually gave it the time that it would have deserved. Right. So we don't even have any of the in-ring stuff earlier. We literally go to the backstage and go to the parking lot and show this fireball thing happen. And then you have time to show the fallout from it. You have more time to show all the wrestlers being concerned about Eddie Kingston. You have more time for uh, other stuff to happen. You know, there should have been some, you know, somebody, uh, somebody from the babyface side should have been like yelling at uh, Jericho, you know, saying, hey, you know what, you know, they should have made it a little more serious and not, there's a line between dragging it out too long and not giving it enough. And this is one of those in instances, I think, where they definitely didn't give that whole thing enough and enough respect uh, that it deserved on that night. Hopefully they try to make up for it in post, but it's kind of hard to do. Uh, the angle should have been done. Uh, just, it should have been drawn out a little more. If they weren't going to do it in front of the live crowd, they should have at least filmed a lot more backstage uh, fallout from the whole incident and actually used it on the show. But then we get the main event, folks, the TNT title match in a ladder match, Sammy Guevara defending against Scorpio Sky. Let me just say above all else that both of these guys have absolutely trash entrance themes like that is one of my biggest uh pet peeves the wwe songs ha have not been great recently either but like literally almost all of these aew themes are just trash it's like they went on to freesound.org and just downloaded a bunch of stuff or whatever uh tony khan you got the money uh let's get some people in there you know hire jim johnston uh, you know, you like to give the old WWE people money, <laughs> uh, you know, so um, do it, do something. Th this music has got to be much, much better. It's also got something to do, I think, with the the overall audio mixing of these shows in general. I hear the announcers great, but it's like they sacrifice everything else. They can only have like one hot thing. Uh, the announcers and everything are louder than the crowd and the music. And um, I think they just need to mess with that mix just a little bit. This ladder match, though, was your typical spot fest. They had two, three ladders at one point. One ladder had barbed wire all over it. Towards the end of this thing, we get Dan Lambert running in, and he's headed off by Ty Conte, who gives him a huge kick to the groin that looked like it really hurt. And uh, she doesn't have much time to celebrate, because then in comes Paige Van Zant, who actually got like a pretty nice pop from the Philadelphia crowd. They did some brawling and went away, and they came back to it. 
Then they did a pretty neat spot where each of them had one of the women on their back, Ty Conte on Scorp's back, and uh, Paige Van Zant on Sammy Guevara's back as they climbed the ladder. They end up throwing each of them off. They brawl again, and then they just kind of fade into the background as they go to the finish of this match, which I was very, very surprised. Scorpio Sky, folks, is once again your All Elite Wrestling uh, TNT television champion. So uh, big up to Scorp. You know, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, Sammy sold hard after the match and nothing really happened between them he sold hard through everything while uh kazarian came down and congratulated him congratulated scorp and you know they gave each other a little handshake and all that and they have already set up this match uh for the future kazarian was the number one contender he forego he for he forwent it to go ahead and give Scorp this shot and it turned into a ladder match and blah, blah, blah. Here we are. So Scorp wins. Now you've got Scorp versus Kazarian potentially. It really seems to me like Guevara is going to be kind of uh, etched away from this TNT TV title division. Maybe they move him on to some bigger and better things. You got to wonder what that exactly would be, but they could at least have him flirt around in the title picture and it would be pretty interesting. I don't see a world title run in the imminent future for Guevara, but they could definitely start, have him, uh, start having him flirt with that title picture anyway. Hey, what's up? This is the brand here just to let you know that there is much more content to be had with the Pro Wrestling Planet YouTube channel. That's right. Go ahead and head on over to YouTube. You put Pro Wrestling Planet in there, and wah. On the YouTube channel, you will find exclusive content specific to YouTube, including, but not limited to, unboxing videos, editorial videos, etc., etc. So please make sure you go ahead and check that out when you get a chance and subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Also, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at PWPlanet. That's at PWPlanet on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and let's get back into the show.